Welcome to Morty Vicar, our weekly podcast about culture, theology and life, where James and I sit down and talk about a live issue and how we, as followers of Jesus, can respond. This week, we're talking about when leaders fail. James. I didn't mean it. We're talking about when leaders fail. James. James. Yes, so if you are a follower of news in the Christian world, Christian world, you will which be, admittedly is quite a small world. Yeah, you'll be aware that a prominent Christian leader, a guy named Mike Pilavachi, who's been um, leader of Soul Survivor, both the church and the network, a prominent youth congregation and youth festival. Um, he stepped back from ministry at the beginning of April as a result of a safeguarding investigation that was launched and um, then articles were produced I think in the Telegraph detailing some of the allegations that have been made uh, and then there's a kind of a further it's not just a temporary stepping back I think it's like a um, there's a, a, a um, another step that has been made um, and as a result of that various different institutions that he's been linked with and leaders that he has um, raised up or been linked with have have essentially um, taken the step of making statements saying um, we're aware of the allegations that have been made and the investigation that's been going on if you have any concerns um, as a result of um, your engagements with Mike over the past few decades then please get in contact with um, the National Safeguarding Office. So the, there's a kind of um, the, the investigation is ongoing um, we um, exist in a world we talked about this before about innocent until proven guilty but within a workplace you are um, when allegations are made you are rightly presumed to need to step back until proven innocent. And um, I think there's a, there's a couple of reasons we thought we wanted to talk about this. As in, we're not going to talk about this, this specific situation, no. but something, but the kind of the culture, theology, and light um, yeah. that sits behind it is because, um, firstly, um, you and I are in our mid to late forties, yeah. and for anybody in a kind of the evangelical world in the UK, um, Soul Survivor might have actually have been oh hugely um, formative, hugely formative. So when I was a student in London, yeah. the first Saturday that I was um, in um, at university, a gang of us got into a few cars and went up yeah. to Soul Survivor, which then was a once a month youth group, albeit it yeah. wasn't on, and we went well, to the well, pub. We, we were at an HTV Network um, meeting a few years ago, and um, uh, it was asked, you know, who, who here um, has been blessed by going to a sole survivor and almost every leader in the room raised their hands so any, so, 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 so this, this is a, a network that's got tentacles that are, that, that are far reaching so um, so, but, so it, but it also what we want to say is that this you know, this isn't an isolated incident so well, that was the second point I was going to make which is there's this one and it's caused an awful lot of shock for people because it's been so formative but it also feels like it's come on the the end might hope well hopefully the end but it's come well, as the yeah. latest in a series of stories yeah so you've in got recent years. Um, Hillsong Church um, where um, the original kind of bomb that went off was the pastor of their New York congregation who was exposed as having had an affair a guy called Carl Lentz and then um, it was exposed that their um, overall leader a guy called Brian Houston had been involved in the cover up of his um, father's abusive behavior um who's also a church leader and then that he had been engaging in inappropriate behavior himself so and we can probably go on to others as well i mean 
I found out some stuff about a, a friend of mine who was at, at theological college with me who um, uh, was found to have been um, downloading um, images of, of children um, and, and uh, in abusive images and, and it's just, you know like there's lots of so, so examples so, so that we can lots go of formative so Martin Luther King the night before he was shot spent the night with the lady he was having an affair with yeah. and one of the reasons that these um, religious the, the civil rights movement in the states didn't move as fast as it did was the FBI had information on King about his affairs and were using it against yeah. him and that, that's kind of well known so, so this latest piece of news is is something that seems to be part of the history of the church is that people who um god uses powerfully quite often fail and it's not yeah. limited this is a crucial thing as we go into this it's not limited to kind of it, it, it's very easy to, for any when it's not your corner of the church family to go oh well it's those guys over yeah. there but actually it, it happens in the catholic church it happens in the evangelical church it happens in the pentecostal yeah. church that, that somehow that that people who we yeah. look up to, people who help to form us, people for, through whom we experience the love of God, turn out to um, so fail, sometimes yeah. be duplicitous yeah. in, in in how they're living, and and quite and, and and kind of whether or not they've ever meant to end up making a car crash of a whole load of other people, yeah. um, faith and experience in churches. So there's no one toxic theology that leads to yeah. um, uh, abusive and duplicitous behaviour. Um, because it happens in all corners of the church. But what we want to talk about is um, when leaders fail, why they fail, and uh, we want to talk about the, the reaction that we have to that, um, because often that can end up in disillusionment, and we want to talk a little bit about that. So, so, let's, so, so starting point, Paul very clearly says that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Yeah. And um, and so we, when we when we come, we, we understand that as we're justified, we're declared righteous before God. Um, one lovely writer talks about how you know one of the differences between the Christian faith and the Muslim faith is there is a judgment at the end of days for how you've lived your life. Yeah. The difference between the t- between Christianity and Islam is that um, Jesus brings yours and my judgment forward. Yeah. And and says, let me take um, your place in judgment for everything you have done and everything you will mm. do. And so, so we understand that we're saved by grace. Paul yeah. says we're new creations. But then we also understand that we live this side of eternity. We're waiting for the kingdom to come fully. And we live in a world where um, we face temptation and where um, our flesh, this side of eternity, um, is weak. Yeah. And at times, as our dear friend of the podcast would say, Augustine, is we fall back on our old disordered yeah. desires from yeah. before we came to faith. And so for some of some of these people who fail, that's the case. Paul also makes it very clear in the New Testament. I mean, if you read especially the, the, the letters he writes at the end of his ministry, that there are people who, who are in ministry not to serve Jesus, but for their own purposes. Yes. Um, to, Which to, seems slightly strange, but actually we know to be Because, well, we know it's not, it's not a money that's... Uh, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a life that's filled our, our wallets with lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> but it is actually that some people are in it for their own purposes. And there are... Um, and again, Paul kind of says, you know, at the end of days, there will be, there will be kind of a shifting of that. Uh, and so, so we... But what we sometimes do in, in the church is, is we forget these kind of core biblical truths that we are this side of eternity, mm. that we are weak, that we fail, and that actually some people may not, um, well, Calvin talks about the church visible and invisible, and some people may be the church visible and not the church invisible. And so then we kind of find ourselves a little bit shocked um, when it turns out our leaders aren't perfect. And it works the whole way down to, 
I remember um, when I was a student, we went to a Baptist church and we thought it was utterly amazing and we thought there was nothing wrong with this Baptist mm. church. And then one of our friends started dating a son of an elder uh, and we discovered that about four years before we turned up, they'd appointed an associate pastor who's who had been appointed specifically to take over from the pastor. Mm. The pastor had appointed the associate pastor and then the and then after the associate pastor had arrived, the pastor had gone, oh, I'm not ready to retire. And the whole thing was kind of relationally quite a mess. And it was two wonderful godly men who didn't know quite how to yeah. navigate a disagreement. And so, yeah. you know, we were like, oh my word, I thought this place was perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so we understand that that actually life isn't perfect. And you probably know this if you're listening with all of your relationships as well. Yes. All my hope on God is founded. So, but let's, um, specifically... <laughs> it's, 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 uh, that, that's where we're pushing at, isn't it? In, yeah. in that comment that actually we're, we can end up hoping too much in humanity and not enough in God. But then how do we deal with the situation when, when leaders fail... And, and what we're talking about specifically here is morally and moral failure, which is a really complex issue because we know that morality isn't the route to salvation. So then how do we live in a church that is saved and yet still talk about morality and specifically around leadership? And we thought we'd go to the Old Testament as a kind of a way in. Yeah. Um, so 2 Samuel chapter 11, David has established himself firmly on the throne. He's yeah. the king of all he surveys. Remember, he's the man after God's own heart. Yeah. All of his brothers have come up before Samuel and the Lord has said, no, 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 no. And then little old David has come this up and gone, this is the one I want because he's got a, he's got a heart yeah. after me. This is the guy who writes most of the Psalms. This is the guy to whom the Lord says, somebody will sit in your throne forever. Yeah. You know, David is the business when it yeah. comes to great kings and then in chapter 11 um it begins like this it says in the spring at the time when kings go off to war david sent joab out with the king's men in the whole israelite army um they destroyed the ammonites besieged rabbi but david remained in jerusalem and actually when you look this is the first thing we wanted to say about like kind of as it's called when leaders fail or when we all fail it's, it's that we we forget the main thing so the, the passage begins, in the spring at the time when kings go to war, David sent Joab. Now, if you know, your, if you know one and two Samuel, you know that Joab is a rather interesting character who by the end is um, mm. basically David's hatchet man. If, yeah. you're, if you're into Watergate, he's, he's Chuck Colson to David's Richard Nixon. But, but David should be at war in the spring when kings go to war, and instead he's remained in Jerusalem. And, and that's the f when you look at stories again and again and again, even if... To, from the outside, it looks like the leader has been doing what he or she was supposed to be mm. doing. Even in the, if in the Christian world, it looks like their ministry has been successful, doing a dying inverted commas hand signal there. Um, what's discovered at the core is they've, they've stopped doing the main thing. Yeah. Or they've, um, it, they've taken their eyes off, you know, off Jesus, or they've started relying on their own strength, or there's been a shift in what their ministry is all about. Um, and they've stopped doing the main thing. And, and when you do that, you're opening yourself up to other desires and other temptations. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that I'll is just the pause answer. there for James to say. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, uh, um, yeah. So, yeah. That's, so, that's so, so David, isn't, David isn't an aberration in, in the history of God's people. Um, whilst you were talking, I was thinking of all the names that I missed off the list when that I went through a few minutes ago. This isn't this isn't going to go away. Leaders are going to fail. Yeah. Um, if we were to just step for a moment into another area of life, if we um, uh, if we were to talk to 
um, Christian brothers and sisters who work in um, the persecuted church, they would say that um, the metrics of one Judas for every 12 disciples pretty much plays itself out in um, the life of the underground church. Even today, that there are plenty of people who are betraying other Christians just as Judas betrayed Jesus. So um, we th- there's almost a... Uh, there's a false thinking that we can live in, which is if we put in all of these measures, we can prevent failures in leadership. Um, and and what history tells us is that, that that just isn't true. But you can swing too far in the other direction and be fatalist about it and say, well, then actually, what's the point at all? And And we don't think that that's true or beneficial so that we can do things um just as you've said what would be other things um that would come out of the scriptures alongside um that that first point about when so so it's the whole so so remembering so if i was kind of replying this kind of it's almost kind of knowing that first point you might make if you're preaching a sermon on this is is actually is, is we are limited beings and we're placed mm. where we're placed. So even if you're the king, that was the interesting thing about, yeah. um, we've just had the coronation about Charles stripping down to his linen shirt and having to kneel in front of the altar. Although yeah. I'd call it a table because I'm a yeah. reformed Protestant. Uh, you know, in that actually we are, we're placed where we're placed. We're limited yeah. beings. And so therefore we have to operate within our limits and within our constraints. And there's this element that, that we all do this. We don't have to be the leader of a large organization to forget our constraints. And so David thinks, I don't have to go to war, I can send Joab. And it's that bit where I've begun to believe my own, either my own hype, or I've begun to live yeah. things out of my own strength, yeah. whatever it might be. And we can see this in, you know, um, you'll find that quite often when people fail, there's a there's a paucity of a prayer life. Yeah. Because they've begun to do things in their own strength. It then goes on, um, one evening David got up from his bed and he walked on the roof of the palace and saw he saw a woman washing. Um, Leonard Cohen's song, he saw her bathing on the roof. Um, her beauty in the, over, in the moonlight overthrew him. The woman was very beautiful. But then David sent someone to find out about her. Um, and then David sent messages to get her. Um, and it says, and David slept with her. Now, David has got to a position where basically he can do what he likes. Mm. And that's the other thing that you kind of see mm. in stories when leaders fail. And again, this is this is a theme. This doesn't have to be just Christian leaders. Mm. If you think about political leaders or whatever, yeah. it's that it's not have I not only have I started to believe my own hype. Not only have I forgotten what made me what I was. I, I now think that I can do what I like, and there's nobody mm. stopping me from doing that. It, the the mm. phrase would be a failure of accountability, which actually, yeah. for disciples, can you know who's holding anybody of us yeah. who's listening who holds you accountable yeah. and there's nobody that says there's nobody who goes no to david and so so david has now got in a situation where where he can kind of do what he likes yeah um, and in all of these stories that we hear about it's usually and sadly quite often it's men but it's it's men who've become powerful and in their power they what they say goes and people yeah. don't question them people want to um receive preferment from them or people want to be yeah, in with they, them they perpetuate a culture of fear rather than love yeah so so he's forgotten who he is yeah he's he's he, he's no longer it feels like accountable he's the king he can do what he likes and so nobody questions him and then it, um he gets this is Bathsheba uh he gets her pregnant 
Yeah. Um, and then this is the interesting thing, and this is the real challenge, is then, so verse 6, so she says in verse 5, she says, sent words to David saying, I'm pregnant. And at that point, David should be like, oh, my word, what have I done? But instead, he does, he sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite, so that's her husband. Joab sent him to David, and then there's this whole, st- it winds itself out in the rest of the chapters. David basically tries to get Uriah to sleep with her, yeah, so that um, he might think that, it's his child. And then when Uriah um, refuses to do that because Uriah doesn't want to dishonor his other soldiers on the battlefield, David then basically says to Joab, take Uriah as close to the battle lines as you can, and then everybody withdraw except Uriah and have him killed, which is what happens. So David has effectively raped a woman and then killed her husband. Yes. Now, at this point, I um, I would say thank you to Glenn Scrivener for his two, um, his 2 Samuel 13 thing on this, is that actually we tend to focus on David's in here, but actually there's this whole system around David yes. that is helping to perpetuate yeah, David's absolutely. position yeah. and David's sin. And Joab yeah. is, and the rest of 2 Samuel, Joab will play this out. Joab is the guy who keeps David in place. Yes. And, um, and actually, again, when you see um, people fail, you will see that there is a culture and a system around them that has enabled them to do that that yeah. has covered up, that has supported them, and that has then ended up used, sometimes using that leader for their own means, which is actually Joab's story as Samuel comes on. Joab effectively is running the show yeah. by the end because he's got David yeah. over, over a yeah, barrel yeah, yeah. that has helped perpetuate this. And that actually um, these situations that we're talking about where there is moral failure, that moral failure is... It, it's not isolated to this kind of one person who's done an act, but there is a whole culture of silence and support around them. As you said, probably motivated out of fear, out yeah. of self-preferment, but all sorts of stuff, but that has existed there as well. So when leaders fail, um, we need to be really careful to make sure that we learn lessons from those failures. And what comes from um, the, the story of David and Bathsheba and what comes again and again through a whole heap of these stories which which go back as long as the church exists um is that we we want to be learning to uh, we want to be making sure that we don't allow a culture of fear to emerge around a singular leader or leadership that means that questions can't be asked about what's really going on here um and that um invitation to accountability should be there um, towards vulnerability we we talked about this on the phone last night that actually it should be that the closer and you get to leaders um the more health you should see when you get close in and it seems unhealthy um emotionally and in in the kind of the basics of of christian living um so things like prayer giving um uh you know actually are are those relationships healthy and whole? And and ultimately, people can still hoodwink you, um, even if all of those things are good. So so you can. There is no fail safe on this. It, but but we can learn to 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 reduce the amount of failure in leadership by creating healthy cultures. And um, we're going to come on to um, kind of the solution in a moment, but. But one of the reasons this is kind of, it feels more kind of like pressing now than maybe it did 20, 30, 40 years ago is um, to become a Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was the most famous preacher of the sort of early second half of the 20th century in England. You needed to, at that point, have had a really long ministry, have had your, some people have heard your tapes, have books written, 
and and a small number of people might travel to hear you. Yeah. Um, and and by the time you became really famous, you were kind of in your sixties. Or yeah. like Tim Keller is a good example of somebody kind of late into this, in that he was in his fifties when he planted the church that became yeah. Redeemer. Um, whereas nowadays, because of social media, um, because of media generally, because of the internet, y- you can be you know in your late twenties and early thirties, and you can be a superstar pastor yeah. of a church, and yeah. and your character might not have caught up with the. Um, the celebrity way of what you and have, your what you have to carry, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. you and I don't lead a large church by by any stretch of the imagination, but but actually, as things get bigger, the, it gets more stressful. Yeah, and then as things get more stressful, weirdly, people tend to rely on their own strength and fa- and then act out things out of stress more yeah. than they do when things are smaller. Yeah. So that's that's one kind of that's the kind of the big the big shift in culture at the moment is this kind of like actually it's easier to get famous quicker and not have your character catch up with you yeah sounds like there's a train going on <laughs> i don't know if you can hear that on the podcast but um, I'm, something's ha- so, so that's the thing so that there's that aspect of it yeah i think somebody's moving something in the corridor down below okay wheels, well, we'll just keep talking over um, so so and, and then I'll, I'll tee this up and then i'll hand over to you so but here's the thing is um, in Proverbs it says, you know, the, the, the man who takes quicker paths, um, they will be found out. Um, mm. and, and actually everything comes to the light. So, so this is chapter 11. In chapter 12, it just begins with this. So, so, you know, chapter 11 in the spring at the time when kings go to war, David sent Joab. And then chapter 12, the word sent again, the Lord sent Nathan. So Nathan's the prophet to David. Mm. And, and it's that bit where actually the Lord sees mm. uh, and the Lord, the Lord brings to the light. So, so in the story of David and Bathsheba, Nathan is sent to David uh, to call out David's sin, which he does very carefully, cleverly by telling David a story. Yeah, yeah. David gets very cross and then Nathan says, it's you. you. <laughs> yes. um, so, so actually that's the thing is actually, is you saying, how do we not become disillusioned? Well, first of all, actually, the Lord is into is into revealing light. Yes. So I think we want to, we want to land this by talking about um, the difference between disillusionment and disappointment. So um, disillusionment um, uh, breeds the kind of comments in response to the failure of leadership that says oh, it's, it's always going to be like this. Um, is you know, and then and then, or, or actually, there's a lot. Of people always say, "Oh, I th- now now that I look back in hindsight, I thought, comment, yeah, which but, actually doesn't but, do victims then, any good." But then those those comments aren't actually that they're dangerous when left unchecked because what they can do is they can breed further. Um, the the disillusionment continues into a sense of actually, is this thing really real? So these people who are saying this kind of stuff about. You know, all this stuff about the gospel, you know, Ravi Zacharias, a, a really prominent evangelist mm. um, who abused his position of power. Um, and actually that caused a whole heap of people to question whether actually the message that they heard has truth to it because the person who was speaking truth to them was found out to be a liar. So the, the, what can happen is disillusionment can set in with the church and with God as a result of um, a faulty response to the failure of leadership. And what we want to say is that it is totally valid to be disappointed with people. It's totally valid to say, oh, I'm gutted that that person has fallen. I'm gutted that that, that 
ministry has collapsed because of that behavior or that's so i'm gutted for the people who have experienced that abuse those lies and so so there's a kind of a a whole scale response not just to the person but to the people affected by it and that that disappointment is real and we we would not in any way want to underplay the validity of the deep deep disappointment that people feel um, uh, when leaders fail. And this is interesting. Well, I think church culture and culture at large are slightly at odds with each other. So in the church world, probably because we all know about our own brokenness, we, we, we create superheroes yeah. who we think are perfect and we think have amazing prayer yeah. lives and never kick the cat and swear at their wives and are rude yeah. to their children. Yeah. Um, and when we discover that they are quite like us. We're like, oh no, I thought they were super because they, they they're aspirational for us. They oh we I could be like yeah. insert name here, and yet in culture, if you think about the recent Marvel movies, we, we've become really used to the concept of the anti-hero, the person yeah. who has this amazing power or this amazing mission, but actually is quite broken. You know, yeah. the, the Avengers keep falling apart in in yeah, the first yeah, kind of yeah. version of the the recent Marvel yeah. movies, and they fall apart relationally with one another all the time, left, yeah. right, and center. You know. Um, and yet, so culture actually knows that our heroes are flawed. Yeah. And, and what we do as church is when we put up the concept of the, the superhero who isn't Jesus, yeah. is, is culture is going, really? Whereas yeah. actually, if we can be a bit more honest about Jesus is the superhero, he is the perfect yes. one. And, um, and that the rest of us, you know, we carry this treasure in jars of clay, as Paul says. You know, yeah. we're cracked vessels and the light shines out from us. Culture needs to hear that and needs to hear his message and see his power in, at redemption in us as opposed to us pretending that we are shiny, happy people and everything's perfect and then being shocked when things fail. Yes, and we remember that actually God does in his majesty mysteriously choose to work through us, but our relationship is not mediated um, from god by other individuals so when i was at soul survivor in my 20s and um i experienced um the holy spirit in a profound way um in a gathered setting for the first time um it was the holy spirit that i experienced and it happened to be that mike pilavachi was leading prayer um and i I was blessed by Mike leading it, but the Holy Spirit didn't come through Mike to me. Um, the Holy Spirit spoke to Mike and others in the room, but the Holy Spirit came directly to me. So we we need to be really careful about that how a cult of <coughs> Oh, sorry. James is doing his Barry White impression. So the cult celebrity turns us into people who think that others mediate our fate for us. And then while you cough, coming to land, you're right. Um, yeah. And not all is lost for the leader who fails. So the leader, the leader who forgets Jesus, who forgets uh, what their core message is, the leader who believes the hype about themselves and nobody holds to account, the leader who has a system around them supporting them, there is still redemption because actually what happens is Nathan rebukes David. After Nathan goes home, it says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, it says the Lord um, struck the child that Uriah's wife had been born and David fasts for this child. And after seven days, the child dies. David's attendants do end up telling him 
And it then says this. He says, David got up from the ground. He washed, put on lotions, changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and he worshipped. So David, who has committed this terrible act, when called out, his resp- and then when faith seeing, even after the death of the child, he still, he goes to the house of the Lord, he worshipped. And commentators say the psalm that comes out of that is number 32. This is what David says after all of this. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Our sins are covered by Jesus, not by what we do. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them because Jesus has taken it on, on him and in whose spirit is no deceit. The, the Holy Spirit in us changes us. And then David says this about himself. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Most of these leaders, most of these people failing, they know it. They know they're failing and they're, yeah. they're trapped in fear. Day and night, your hand was heavy on me. We think that they, we think that until the point at which the leader is exposed that their life has been great. But actually your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And actually, again, when you hear these stories, you hear stories of fear and you hear stories of stress because they know that the Lord, they, they know that they're sinning. And then it says, then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. So David says, I acknowledges the sin. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And that's Psalm 32, go read the rest of it. But actually that's David's response. And that, that's the other thing about this is don't, not to be disillusioned, but then also not to discount grace. That actually because Jesus has taken all of our sin to the cross, that, that, ev- that when we fail, um, that, we we there is repentance and there is rest there is restoration um and and that is uh, that is the wonderful gospel so um don't go around expecting leaders to fail um but do go around with your eyes open to the fact that we live in a fallen world yeah um when it happens don't be disillusioned about the gospel yeah. or about jesus but understand the nature of humanity the side of eternity yeah. and when it happens to you um be willing to repent Yes. Um, and to go to the house of the Lord and worship and to confess your sin. And when it happens to others, um, be willing to help lead them to that place um, and to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Thanks for listening. 